Blog Talk Radio. What's good? What's good? I'm eating a fish sandwich. <laughs> they caught me off guard. <laughs> Usually say 10 seconds. It said a minute and then five seconds. <laughs> so, you got to excuse me. My very unprofessional chewing. <clears throat> but, like, one of my favorite podcasters say, it's a free podcast. Get out of here. You're okay. Anyway, hope everybody's doing good. And you had a good day today. Um, today, I wanted to have a couple conversations about a few things that's been going on. Um, in general, and um, yeah, get some insight. Um, I'm probably going to get some uh, people join, hopefully. Um, but yeah, um, definitely been a whole lot going on um, in general with the world, with Korea, with um, Trump in general. Um, yep. Yep. I can't hear you if you uh if you're talking I can't hear you. Um but yeah, it's it's been a lot going on in the world. Um and um a lot to keep up with. Um that's why I named this uh episode a whole lot of gang shit cuz a whole lot of gang shit going on. Um with um, just the status of everything you got rappers going at it like as usual but it's interesting we're in an interesting time that we've never seen before where we got like super old rappers um, not super old let me not we got rappers that that were like originators in, uh, of rap that are because of social media they're visible and they're able to have a, uh, <laughs> they're able to have a, a platform and they can they can they can get their opinion out there about the status of what's going on, um, and so um, a situation where um, um, other people can also get their opinion on what's going on and who's relevant and who's not, and uh, it's just unique. It's unique because it's the first time where it's like that, where the people that's brand new and all the way to the people that started are all. Um, occupying the same space in some ways and um um they, and then people that never had access have access to you your your personality your being uh, to your whereabouts your fashion sense all of that so they can really you know feel like they got to know you and they can go back and look at videos and listen to your music and really form their own opinion on who you are as a person um but yeah it's a situation where um it's just like I said, for the first time ever, that's the case, and people are really taking advantage of it. And the fact that it's causing problems is interesting in itself, and it also um, kind of maintains a certain narrative um, um, as far as um, 
you know, people getting along as far as the black community is concerned, getting along with elders and having a relationship with elders and a connection between elders and uh, youth and how um, pretty much if the communication is broken down, then there's a lot of wisdom and other experiences that will be lost. Um, And so um, depending on who you're talking to, they might say it's intentional, but this is kind of like another form of that where it's like, uh, you know, the elder in the situation, um, uh, you know, he, he, he said something and then someone else, um, uh, Walker Flocker had an opinion and, um, he let it be known. So, yo. Hey, yo. It was good, bro. What's going on, man? Chilling, chilling, chilling. Um, been doing all right? <clears throat> Can't complain, man. Keep my head up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, yeah, man, I was just uh just getting started talking about uh pretty much talking about uh how elders in the community and the y- youth are kind of disconnected and that's kind of intentional and talking about the whole uh Pete Rock and Waka Flocka little uh kind of back and forth that they had. Can you can you enlighten me a little bit more about that? I know you probably been talking a little bit about it, but Oh, no. I yeah, it was it wasn't even I had just got started on it, but really the the um gist of it is um they were just talking about the status of the industry and the status of music and rappers today and what real music is, what hip hop is. And um just the difference of opinion, the classic, uh there's no lyricism, there's no content. So that's not hip hop, it doesn't count. Um and Waka Flocka was just you know, he just had his opinion and talking about the, the new people and the what they doing and the money they making. And he was saying that the elders dropped the ball because at the end of the day, if they started hip hop, they should be running Def Jam and Interscope and all of that. At this point, it shouldn't be the people that's running it and all of that. So I was just kind of connecting that to the overall um, reality that, like I said, it's just another example of a breakdown of communication between generations and it's deep is deeper than what it looked like like that's a good example of it and it's it's something that played out in the public but it's a perfect example of they could have just had a conversation you know what i'm saying they could have just pulled each other aside and the fact that they didn't and they, 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 they did videos about it and they were kind of out with it with the social media it's kind of wild which i mean i guess i don't know people jump out but it's just a whole lot um, I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, it's a lot. First thing that came to my mind was, you know, here's another example of how easily you can divide marginalized communities and marginalized people, people who are already, um, in many ways divided. So the old versus the new is, is, is a Willie Lynch staple. Um, the old, older or elder versus the younger buck is something that is always going to be there. Um, one thing that I always find interesting, though, is we always have a very uh, peculiar perspective about um, who came before us and what they should have did or should not have done, um, while also, like, really heralding people who are the very reasons why what they hope had happened didn't happen. So um, it's one thing to say, 
well, if you was really doing that and creating hip-hop, why ain't you running Def Jam? Why aren't you running Atlantic? Why aren't you running Interscope? And without really having the time or energy to investigate the ways in which their power to do just that was subjugated, and now we have what we have today. And you are running right. to the same people who already did this to these people like Pete Rock and, and others to name. So, um and at this point in time, too, like Waka Flocka is not necessarily um, going to have the, I hope so, for his own good, but um, Pete Rock is also a legend in hip-hop in a different way than I would even suspect. This is what he's kind of speaking to, this current generation of a lot of artists. There's a couple special ones who are doing this in a very creatively and artistic way, but um, I listen to Waka Flocka, and I know where, where and when I listen to it. Right. But, you know, he another one who... Low key conscious and hip to what's going on. Very um, much so. I listen to what he says. That, like, go ahead. I mean, it, very much so. Like as a person who listened to enough of his songs in different environments to know, like, bruh, why didn't you like? You could talk about something else and make it the a hot song, but you literally right. choose to put this wokeness, uh, if you will, just using the buzzword like surrounded by all this other now if it tells a grander story like that's why i like ti for the most part because all the drugs and stuff and and, and women can be in the storyline and the song can be hot but ti be talking a lot of stuff like don't do what i'm doing this life ain't right. cool and people right. be like, oh, this is a dope song they be like you're not listening to nothing ti said for real <laughs> right right and you would think that somebody like walker would know being that he's low-key woke um that that there is that the fact that there's a communication gap is enough and the fact that they out in the public kind of arguing because another thing that uh pete rock said was like you're not my equal like you know like i'm a legend this is you know like you know saying in a different kind of way i'm a pioneer in a different kind of way and uh it's a situation where um if Waka Flocka is woke and he should he should be able to acknowledge the fact that like, yeah, I'm Waka Flocka, I might have crossed some trap to EDM, but the and I might have made my own little wave, but that that's not the same, you know, as what this man did and what he accomplished. Um, or at least the fact that in the he accomplished it in the time that he accomplished it, you know, when it probably wasn't even a cool thing to be doing. So it's well, almost like interesting that he wouldn't even be able to acknowledge that he and he he on to the point where he threatened violence, like I knock him out type, you know. Absolutely, because because I mean Waka Flocka is endemic of. I mean I won't say he's a part of millennial generation because I hate using that buzzword, but he's a part of a, a certain generation that has that relationship with elders in general. I mean I remember even in my community and neighborhood, like one of my least fondest memories was seeing an older man who worked at the rec center getting jumped by, you know, a local, a local clique. So this is not something that's, to me, a new idea that, you know, yeah, you're an old man, you know, if we got to sell this, we got to fight. And it's like, well, that's, that's not what an old man is really going to be. I mean, he's ready for it, but that's not what you are supposed to do as a young person in response to critique. Like, he's, he's in the nail around the head, like, bro, like, we're not equal, so you should never um, raise your voice to this tone in public to address me. Right. That's right. what I'm speaking to when, I, when it comes to the um, – I know based on um, your body of work versus my body of work, you haven't seen my body of work and recognize the right. impact it had not only then, but even now, like, people are still inspired by Pete Rock's music. 
And I'm not saying that Waka Flocka doesn't have that impact on on people, but we'll see in 20 years. Because literally, that's what we're talking about when we come to Pete Rock. Like, you're not you, there's right. a certain level of respect that we don't we don't honor each other with that is is endemic in this situation. Right. And like the the Waka Flocka fans, his core, they probably don't know who Pete Rock is, honestly. Absolutely. You know, so. Um, I mean, it requires a certain it, it requires a certain level of um, a certain approach to to black people amongst each other that we have to have to understand to get to a level of understanding that we really want to get to in a lot of these conversations. Like one thing that um, as you're talking about, why don't y'all own this, this, and that? Waka Flocka, you come on, man! Like I can tell based on how you come off as woke that you have a certain level of respect, honor, and um, indignation or dignity, whatever you want to use, whenever you're going into these meetings with these white folks that you think giving you money. Right. You wouldn't call right. them the way you automatically came at Pete Rock, who is, as another African-American black man, whichever term you want to use, gets threatened with violence daily. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy that it's a disconnect to that point. You wouldn't think it would be, being that they both a part of the same uh, fraternity of if you if you consider that a fraternity at this point because of so many people, but the same people that's um, you know uh, entertainers pretty much in in the rap and hip hop genre, right? They should be able to kind of coexist and like I said, communicate in a different kind of way. Um, well, well, honestly, one thing I enjoy about um, another podcast that I watch about hip hop just. He brings something different to it, which is drink champs that I appreciate. Is like there was a point in time in hip hop where, and and it, it, it was hip hop culture, but it was really just our culture where right. um, there wasn't a whole lot of I got a problem with you, um, but I got a Twitter, you know, Twitter fingers or whatever you know. I got to do that. No, I've already met you before because I was an up and coming artist and I had to work on the you know work on the scene trying to get you know things. I probably met you trying to get you my mixtape. I've had these encounters with you where. I know your people if I don't know you personally. Right. So a lot right. of this stuff is kind of like there's a huge gap which normally keeps existing amongst um, elders in our community and younger people where, man, I never see you, so that means you ain't worth crap. Right. Right. And that's not, and that's not the facts, man. So it, it just it, it still breaks my heart that it's like an age old like even as a person is aging, you know, aging into form, I don't want to be the old fart to be like, man, this is terrible, this is trash, and then that's the conversation that we have rather than actual progress. Right. Right. And that's an interesting part point too, where it's like, you know, uh, you, 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 you are used to what you are pretty much raised on and what you kind of know. So anything different is going to challenge that, you know, idea of what was good because on the strength that is different. Um, there is a, there is a, there, it is pretty, like music is in a pretty awful place, but it's been here before, you know. It's been the drug music is not a new thing, you know. Um, it's just, you know, this the, for the first time. It's like the junkies. Like I, I forgot who said it, but it's like the junkies making the music. Like it's well, a, one the, thing, that's <laughs> that's the crazy one part. Thing, one thing with the junkie music is that they make it seem like all the junkie music of the generation before was good. Right. You can dig into right. the crates of the seventies, man. Like there's some gems there, but understand there's some duds there too. That's just like right. this person is drugged out. So like it's really the the 
golden golden uh, idea of the moment that we always kind of have. Yeah, and then like the plus the fact that they only present like two legitimate artists that one two to three that are like actually content they nailing it the music they nailing it the net the the beats they nailing it like um the writing they nailing it it's not a lot of that so they give you, they spoon feed you with the two or three and you 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 really start thinking that that's the only that's just only them two or three you know I, I i like uh wale drake kendrick and cole but you mean it's probably one of them in each well probably like you like you said before hundreds of them in each state <laughs> So it's kind of well, like, you know, come on, man. You know how I feel about that. Oh, as far as the, one of the things that even the scholarship talks about a lot is how uh, with the commodi- commodification of hip hop as well as commercialization, what we have lost is uh, really the localization and folk culture of hip hop. So believe, like as we always talked about before, like we don't believe in the guy in the lunch in the lunchroom rapping. We don't have any kind of confidence in her or him who perform at our talent shows. We, as far as right. hip-hop, R&B, or any black form of entertainment, until they have been stamped as, this is successful, they're making money off of this, don't you like this? And that's not right. how our culture operates. I'm, I'm right. from a culture where people performing in your living rooms, people performing at your cookouts, people performing at your uh, high school dance, your middle school dance, and these are people that you know, you can touch, you can feel, as much as people who are quote-unquote celebrities. Right, right. And did you see uh, Q-Tip uh, kind of spazzing about the Grammy? I didn't. I'm 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 lagging, brother. I'm actually in another space. Nah, and I really, I I mean, I I am too. I just I caught most of this today, bro. Like most of this is just oh, stuff I caught today. But uh, it was um uh he was pretty much going off saying like you know they didn't get a nomination, but they liked that album they put out. And he was pretty much like, you know, uh, Fife Dog died. Um, that's the last Tribe album ever. And it's a great album. It's better than all the things. Like, it's better than all the stuff that's out now. That's no disrespect to nobody. It, you know what I'm saying? And he was just kind of going in. And uh, it was just interesting hearing him go off. And, like, you could tell he was really kind of fed up with the bullshit. Because it's like, y'all really not acknowledging the people that kind of set trends and kind of laid the groundwork for it to get to this point. Um, right. And it's like, I mean, I know Q, Q-Tip and Tribe Called Quest is still later on as far as the beginning of hip-hop, but they laid a lot of groundwork too. You know, and that's crazy that they would still be able to function and they get respect overseas and they get respect a lot of places, but they would still get snubbed on that Grammy. And it's but, like, and, that's and, it. And the sad, but the saddest thing again, oh, is our constant pursuit of um, recognition that is not uh, a, a, a reward. It's an award, but it's not a reward to you and yourself. So it's one, it's one of the things where we keep putting ourselves in positions where, you know, it don't mean that we, you know, we we honor each other, we honor each other. But I would like the Grammy though. I like the Oscar. Right, though. right, right, like right, Tony, right. We need to get to a, a, a real full place of um, self-recognition and self-actualization, and that can extend to the group. Like, um, who makes like uh, one thing that John Henry Clark talks about is who makes these people honorable that we honor. Even with this, you know, I know you go into it later on, but even with this, uh, uh, what you so-called royal family, like, 
who said they were royal, bro? Why do we believe it? Like, that's the right. reality for people. But um, I've been a, a victim of their oppression, so I'm not calling anything like that royal. Like, that's not what I see or or actualizing my reality as royal. Right. And the fact that uh, we probably got, we have our, there's probably, we have our own royalty. And like there are melanated people that are royalty to be right. celebrated, but right. we're more concerned and like we don't acknowledge or even know um, any of, about any of them. And um, but we definitely geeked about this and being accepted into this family and the fact that it's such a big thing. And it's like it's not a one the person that the girl is biracial and then two, it still don't mean nothing. She'll never be queen. She's it's a blood well, thing. It's a blood and, thing. And, and, She's not in the blood. And one thing about it is, is this situation has um, showed people for who, showed the people for who they are, uh, um, in many ways. And what I mean by that is, uh, you want to be in her shoes, or you may want to be in his shoes. You want this fantasy of royalty. Um, let's recognize her for who she is and how she identifies herself. I ain't making her choose either one, but she proclaims herself as a mixed person. This is these, right. these are things you know she kind of uh, puts on as, as as her own identities. One thing about this whole like don't label me thing is you still put on your own identity. So um, I don't have excitement about people who claim themselves as mixed. I want to be the best of both worlds, like a like a like a R. Kelly album. <laughs> I, don't, right. I, don't, I, don't, right. I don't I don't get up and, and and want to also claim them as the first this or the first that because that's not what they're claiming. They're trying to play this right. middle road where they can assage people who are also oppressive. Right. Well, they can't fully separate because if you got one parent and one half of your family, like you still part of the mindset, you still part of the, you know, the social model and the social situation. So um, you can't fully separate. You still want to be because one thing that a lot of this conversation around interracial dating and the total impact of trying to uh, coagulate two families that have different cultures. Um, there's always a conversation of, well, we had to get over this hurdle. So it's kind of like there's still a conversation behind the story of interracial or being mixed children or whatever you want to call it, where it, race still comes up. So you've had to come to grips with whatever racial kind of identity you have had, especially if you're an American, especially if you're in an American context. Right. Right. And it's crazy, but it's crazy <clears throat> that so many people which I guess is like any other fad that come with social media and, you know, royal family, royal family happenings and dealings is a, like a, it's like a, it's, it's been a thing for a long time. Um, but to, it's like, like you said, the fact that it's like so many other things to be celebrated or excited about, like there's all kinds of achievements that are happening probably every day that we never hear about. Um, but it's still more worthy of the attention and the, uh, kind of, I guess, a showering of uh, black love. Uh, it's just it's interesting. And then for people that is like, people that don't care nothing about you on top of that, like, well, and that's the part that makes it kind of crazy. Internalized racism is real. It's not fake. It's not something that is going to pop up and going to be the headline news whenever stuff like this pops up. But, I mean, great for her. I mean, I'm all for people getting married and love and that, blah, blah, blah. But also understand that um, 
however you feel about this, your excitement or lack thereof speaks about who you are. Uh, one thing that we cannot ignore during this time period is that there's a similar to what people have talked about before. Um, black men want to save the white damsel in distress. This is whole idea of a white uh, uh, knight in shining armor coming to save the black woman from the oppressive black man um, image that still pops up and it's still being recycled. And I've seen that all day. <laughs> is 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 out of control that um um that the people even care and that um they're not really conscious of the fact that um you know the president went on TV and said that a country that we've been having problems with launched a missile missile we just gonna take care of it but this is what we talking about it's like oh okay like that's not like guys there are other things that are outside the, of the community, let alone the things in the community, worth more worth your attention. And that's the part that it just I, I couldn't deal. And then the fact and then the fact that he even handled it like that, even back like that that's a stop and pause, like, wait, what? Like, you gonna let us know that something like that, but then you just gonna pull it back like that? That's wild. You crazy. Um but yeah, so Hopefully, people shift their attention to something else. I mean, I'm sure they'll give us plenty of ammo for it. Uh, and it'll be interesting. One thing, well, they'd be interesting if they dive if they dive in her past and start dragging her. Like, oh, yeah, she she a part of the royal family, but look how trifling she is, <laughs> and, and pull out all this stuff like they've been doing for all these other people. Well, it's been it's been some some racy headlines so far. I feel like it's it's a it's an interesting dynamic when you have people who just yesterday were um, questioning whether people should protest when black men, women, and children are are killed, are all of a sudden excited about a mixed race black woman being a part of the so-called royal family. I think that's a very interesting dynamic there. Yeah, I don't know. The, I don't know the answers to it, but I feel like some people gotta we gotta hold some other people accountable for their perspectives as well, so we can really understand. What the fuck is going on out here? Right, right. I mean, and it, it, like like we always say, it's always the other stuff going on um, in the background, um, and we're trying to pay attention to everything under the sun and make sense of it all. Um, but it's definitely, like you said, a lot to keep up with and a lot to uh, run with. Um, Another thing too, I know it's probably been talked to death, but I wanted to touch on this uh Tyrese Wilding and his whole antics lately and the whole idea of, you know, um single parents in our in black communities and the feud between black men and black women and you know, this is this is I mean, I don't even know if this is real between from Tyrese cuz in looking at the videos, I mean, he's an actor. We got to remember that he's an actor. Um and sometimes them videos looked a little sketch, like it just seemed fake. Real talk, like it just seemed like he's he's yeah. acting, and yeah. um, it just, Tyrese it just it, it's not good acting. It's just Tyrese acting. Right, right, and it's like it's like is that what he's doing? Like is he trying to prove himself as an actor so he can maybe get some more roles? And it's just crazy that it went to the extreme, and then the the, the backstory of you know it. I mean, it's almost like you hope it's not fake because if he's using his child and his relationship with his girl 
for that, like that. That's kind of wild. And that's you know, it's just is it is it? Is it I mean, we know that's where we at because we seen the dude in a rap video in a wedding dress with a gun in his mouth. Somebody putting a gun in his mouth. So we know where it's at. But is really is that really for real where it's at? Even for people that so so called made it, like that's right. wild that he would be that public with something like that in that way. And it's kind of scary that, that, that other people. I mean, it's like everything. It's like you can't tell that this fake. Like this look fake. You can see the tag. You can see the bootleg tag. Like it's 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 not even it's not even kind of authentic looking. Because what person going through that kind of pain is going to want to broadcast it in that way, specifically somebody of high profile, and then thinking about the future, they, the future of their child, where it's like your kid got to grow up and go to school, and they they going to be able, to, their friends going to be able to go and Google and find vi- this video of you wilding and having a meltdown live, like that's but crazy. I don't, I don't. I don't think that that's a, a, a aberration from the current psychology that all um, people who use this as a main instrument of entertainment um, have. Yep. I mean, I, I guess on some level it may be normal because people have meltdowns all the time, uh, especially celebrities, and they know it's almost like, a, I guess, a a prerequisite, like at some point things will go south and you'll have a little moment. But uh, right. I don't know. It just like I said, it just didn't seem authentic at first. At first, it did, but then watching and really looking at the video, it's like that. It's almost like a dealing with a toddler, where it's like, where are your tears at? Because if you really that, if it's really that much pain and it's that hard for you to talk about, the tears are gonna be there. Right. Um, so it's like, how are you not, you know? Especially when you you so called devastated, it's different if you in a place where is it, it makes sense that you holding back tears because you're trying to be on some macho type. But if that's not what it is, it's almost like, well, bro, you don't. I mean, you this this don't even seem authentic. So you should stop it. You should really, really, really stop it. And the fact that Pete, like I said, it just seemed crazy, and then he was. Supposedly get money, and they was asking him to stay off the offline, and then he had jokingly kidnapped old boy Michael Blackson. It just seemed like he was in a bad, bad, bad space. Um, but yeah, um, out of the Hollywood, it's gonna be accordingly, um, because like you said, this is a this is to be completely honest. If I can cover all the stories in one fell swoop, I'm like. Well, this is a normal day in Hollywood, in the Hollywood. Um, right. I didn't notice you guys would be so surprised. Right. And I guess that is true. And it's, um, I forgot who it was. Uh, I must, I probably was Patrice O'Neill talking about, um, um, uh, talking about the entertainment business was like the beast. And, um, uh, you know, you're going to get chewed up and shit out. And but when you're in the belly of the beast, you're making uh a hundred thousand dollars a week. <laughs> and he was just right. saying how like um but it's an endless line of people lining up to go do it. So at the end of the day, it's gonna always be fed, you know what I'm saying? Because anybody is willing to do it, and they'll make clearly they'll make a star out of anybody. Clearly they'll make a star out of anybody. So 
and that's true. That, and that's crazy too. So, um, speaking of making stars out of anybody, I don't even know who Little Pete was. Did you hear about Little Pete? <laughs> I did, but I didn't know who he was. And it's just crazy that that again, like I don't even know if he was about that life. But it's like if you a pill popper, you should know your pill popping limits. Or if you would, if you do drugs, you should know your drug of choice limit. And the yeah. fact that this is a good example of y'all rapping about this stuff for people not even doing it. Um, y'all rapping about this stuff, but you don't even really do it for real. Um, but but you encouraging like people living like you rapping, and then they dying. <laughs> so it's like it just it's just crazy that that people not really seeing the connection between all that and it's like on some destruction type you know it me, lead to nowhere absolutely can i tell you what i see from this omar man i'm i'm i'm, I'm about to my limit with um certain types of caping of people who are not a part of the native hip-hop culture and what i mean by that is um while it is tragic that he um, passed away through his pill-popping ways. Um, it was interesting seeing people like Logic and how they move around certain topics. It's, it's very similar to how Macklemore moves. It's very similar to how Eminem moves. Shoot, it's very similar to how Kid Rock moves. It's very similar to how Vanilla Ice moves. Um, shoot, it's very similar to how Mac Miller moves. Like, these people are not endemic in this culture, and I always want to seem like they're the better people in the culture and more in tune with what is supposed to be good or bad in the culture, what's right and wrong in the culture. And I'm not fucking here with it, bro. Like, I'm, I'm not here to be policed by any other, uh, any other idea of white standard um, for what it is to be hip-hop or, el- or anything else. Yeah, Post Malone even made a little comment talking about, I think he said something like, if, you wanna, if you're looking for lyrics, don't listen to hip-hop or something like that, um, or don't listen to rap or something like that. Uh, and like right. you said, it's a it's it's a he lot of people to that feel emotions and stuff. You said what? You were talking about if you're trying to cry or, or or hear something about your emotions or so on and so forth. You know, right. don't don't listen to hip hop or something along those lines. Right, and um, it's like again, people don't really understand. It's like you don't you you you're being allowed to function, and I guess it's not so at this point. It's not so much you're being allowed, but you're you're functioning in this space that was not really intended for people like you. Um, right. And, 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 and now as, as the time progressed, you know, cause I don't know a lot about Post Malone, you know, he might, he may come back from a hip hop background, but it don't seem like it. Um, looking at pictures I've seen and just a little bit of, I mean, I listened to some, I've listened to some of his songs and yeah, I mean, I don't know, but um, it's I mean, a situation think- where it's a, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's almost like I said, like that. Probably how a lot of real uh, rock and roll fans felt about uh, Lil Wayne doing a ro- supposed rock album. Like, no, that's not you. That's not what you do. Right. Well, it's one of those things where, um, in the society that I believe in, in the culture container that I believe in, and it, people like Post Malone, Eminem, Vanilla Ice, Kid Rock, um, so on and so forth, Macklemore. Um, Logic, all those people, they're more than welcome to be um, hip-hop artists, hip-hop, you know, rappers, whatever you want to call it. 
But the issue I have is this idea, which comes with uh, the illusion of white supremacy and, and patriarchy and all those things are endemic with their presence, this idea that you are somehow automatically the best or automatically somehow better than someone else in the culture um, because you're not, like, I'm not the person that gives out memberships, but neither are you. Right. And that's one thing but, that I always, I always find very interesting whenever um, even people who listen to their music start caping for them because they're a white artist. artist it's like, well, I, I, he, he makes decent music, but just because he's a white boy doing it, if, if you, there's, there's, there's probably 15 people around the corner who do it. If they hand you that same mixtape, you would call it garbage. So I, I, I don't like these, uh, A, we believe in the white standard, but then this lower standard that we have in, within our culture for for us to consume them. Like, yeah. I'm a person that, I, I, I was one of the few people, whenever it was hot, that was like, bro, Eminem is a hype. Like, yo, it's way better people who deliver bars, but you you just, you, you enamored with the emotionality of depression and suicide. Right. Like, that, well, saying wild stuff on songs don't do nothing for me, but be like, okay, where the bars at, though? And I think, too, people had never really heard in as far as, like, mainstream rap, somebody that was rhyming in that way with that kind of rhyme scheme. But they could, never tell me, they could never tell me a hot bar or verse that Eminem delivered to give them this, this, this repertoire, this reputation of him as such a lyricist. Oh, no, it's just more like... You know, I hit the tramp with a stamp and I made her pussy damp when, you know, like the shit like that. Like he just, uh, I he just the baby uh, dead in the amp. like it's, it's going to be that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Like he just, he just, I don't know. I mean, it's just one, it's just one of them people. But I mean, but if you think about it too, like yellow wolf the same way, machine gun Kelly the same way. It's like mm-hmm. that same style. And they try to take that. It's like they make that the official style. The yeah, they make that the official style of the white boy rapper. Like, we're going to make them lyrical. We're going to make them, you know, be able to be kind of fast with it because it's going to present as a better, as far as a, a true hip-hop fan, it's going to be considered a better form of, and a more original form of the art. Um, but I, Eminem don't be talking about shit. I mean, he got some songs where he kind of, but like you said, they dark. And then, you know, it's, it's a couple of them that's actually about something positive, but um, and the production on most of them be trash. It be real pop. So, um, yeah, it, it's really just interesting. Not And not to say that white dudes can't rap, because I remember when uh, Puffy was doing the band, the little white boy they had, I think he was from Jersey or from Long Island or something. He, he was nice, as far as like, yeah. on some, like, northern rapper type, but so I'm not saying we. I'm not saying that necessarily, but I like Paul um, Wall and Bruno Sparks. <laughs> right, 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 right. But it's just more of like a how you. I mean, you still got to be authentic to who you are as a person, and um, at the same time, be aware and conscious of the other people that's out here doing very similar, if not the same exact art, um, and they don't get half the credit. Because um, yeah, it's it's a. I mean, I think I think Kendrick, as far as that kind of rapper, I think Kendrick could give uh, Eminem a run for his money. I think Kendrick running stock is easy. Yeah. One thing about one thing about um, even looking at 
just lyrics, uh, lyrical content, as well as, I mean, just the elements to be an MC, rapper, whatever term you use, um, it's more to it than just what you feel into the bar. Some people are, are, are artists or gods of that, goddesses of that, but that's not it. Like, even with this new style of, 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 of delivering your rhymes, there's still people who are genius at it because they can put real stuff in something that still sounds like a future. It sounds like a, a young thug. I mean, that's what people tell me about these artists because, I mean, I don't listen to all of them intently enough to, to get that. But they don't preach me that way. But there's still people who are putting things in, in songs in a certain way that, um, being frank, probably going to be behind the eight ball. So when I listen to, to any of the, the predominant white artists that they try to continue to push in my face, it's always a sound that even though I'm 30-ish, you know what I'm saying, and I know that sound from 2007 or 2004 or 1998, and, oh, this is authentic hip-hop, I also know where hip-hop is right now. And right. I don't believe in a prisoner of my own time. I'm, I want to be where we are right now. So um, I'd rather hear a Pete Rock and Waka Flocka collaboration that's true and authentic um, that can bring some more out of Waka Flocka in a more authentic way that I haven't seen before rather than him going to EDM, um, thinking that's a better music choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I would rather see um, than, than also keep seeing this, hey, this guy's super nice. Listen to this. It's like, yo, my brother introduced me to Mac Miller. I was like, yo, this, he's cool. But understand, right. like, this is Wiz Khalifa repackaged. Like, and this Wiz oh, Khalifa yeah. a step oh, or two yeah. behind where Wiz Khalifa is. Like, let's not that's be... That's literally respectful. what I said. I said the same exact thing. That's the white Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> as far as the vibe, the whole, and the timing, I was like, this is the white Wiz Khalifa. They said, Wiz, we got we to gotta set this, we got to counter We got to counter this. Because right. currency, and, currency and Wiz was destroying. They was destroying. So they had to counter that real quick. And it worked. It worked. Absolutely. And he, and he another drug addict. <laughs> I've listened to his music to understand that sometimes, I mean, but that's another part about that whole, it's similar to the YouTube video, like how to make a rap song. Like sometimes that's literally when you have that kind of structural rigidity to all of them, sometimes like you watch how to make a rap song and you never left that. So, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the raps to me is about either I'm a druggie or I'm depressed I committed suicide or my friend committed suicide. And while that's real for you all, and it could be real in my reality, there's some more to it than within the hip hop holistically that I get from it that it doesn't relate to me. It's, it's nothing to that they're trying to, they're trying to push. And when I say they, you can pick whoever the day is to you. They're trying to push this idea of um, conformality through unity and togetherness. And we're all the same, but that didn't matter to get me in this position. Right. So right. in the current position, a lot of life that I am, when I started saying that I'm the same and equal as you, um, at this current time, other than my aspiration for it, that is not the truth. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it's safe to say also that um, with the progression of everything else, <clears throat> the, the progression of everything else, as far as mainstream hip hop and rap music goes, um, It'll probably be a time that when you look at when you look at that on paper, it's not going to reflect any uh, true melanated culture. You know, it'll be it'll be. I mean, it's already fully commercialized at this point. 
Like the songs right. are about the car brands and the clothing brands and the like right. everything around commercialism. But um, it's a situation where um, similar to jazz, like I forgot who I heard say it. Like go to go to your Apple Music and pull up the top ten jazz artists and see who it is. And it's like, oh, that's why that's very interesting. For that to be something why, else that was once considered black culture, um, and is not is no longer. But that's why you have to appreciate um, the transition that this culture is going through. I think with hip hop, um, specifically as they commercialize music genre, they've attempted to um, stalemate the name, similar to like you know rhythm and blues and stuff like. That. If we stalemate the name over time because of privilege, we'll 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 whitewash it. And, and that's using a scholarly term, like really whitewash it to using your example, like jazz and, and blues, um, blues, um, we, we call it uh, CMA, you know, country music awards, um, whitewash blues. And, and if you right. listen to the people that they were honoring during the CMAs, A, it's interesting that a lot of them are not American white, um, but B, um, country music is, is literally the whitewash version of all the popular music um, with the southern twain um, to make it seem authentic. Oh yeah, because like I said, I, I DJed a wedding and, and they uh, they gave me a list of songs, and I swear to God, it was like trap country music, bro. It was like it was like country beat, like somebody sampled country music songs and made like kind of hip hop beats with them. I mean, and I mean, it was kind of dope. I mean, it was dope, yeah. but it was on some like redneck we drive big trucks and we go mud and type you know we drink beer type type shit man it's like literally country music is like gospel it's kind of like i'm not sure how you can try to perpetrate that you haven't listened to something outside this genre to influence the music of this genre now right i, I know you yeah. listen to future to listen to make this song right right i've heard that man because because you can take the whole melody and flip it, <laughs> and then boom, you got you your head. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It's, it's it's really interesting in general. Um, but it's it, it's like, you know, when it comes to what's considered American black culture, I would say that certain. I, I mean, I think you can say urban fashion, but we I, we don't even we don't own that. Um, so it's like. So it's like hip hop would be the only thing because it's not something that you can own. It, it just even, exists. Even the co- even the style in country music is trying to acquiesce a whitewashed version of the millennial hip hopper. So if you have if you if you watch their if you watch the CMAs, um, some of the artists were in the traditional uh, six gallon bucket hats. You know what I'm saying? Some some snake skins, the alligator skin, um, high heels. I mean cowboy boots. Um, right. Or they were in the whole millennial Bryson Tiller um, kind of dad hat with some cut up jeans and like a white t-shirt or a black t-shirt, you know, some V-neck to make you look real like um, this is a $2,000 t-shirt, but I look very like I went to Goodwill to get it. Right. And and, and the classic uh, slight cross chain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> slight, slight cross chain. chain. With... <laughs> Not a herringbone, but something something linked. Right, right, right. Very slight, very subtle, um, but it's there. NASCAR drivers do a good job of that, too. Oh, yeah, because one thing about it is um, I have to remind people historically, we've been through, um, you know what, 
uh, we just want to live with us, and that's it, and we just want to be by ourselves. Like, they got that in the 1950s, and all of a sudden, you have to ask yourself, like, why don't y'all want to live with just y'all? Like, one thing that happened that we continually see, even with gentrification, is, like, you want to be around a, a limited number. You want to be able to, act, you know, dictate a limited number of us you can tolerate because, you know, if it's just y'all, something else starts to happen. Like, you got to deal with just y'all. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, as, as, as much as we focus on, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I can deal with a society where I got to deal with just only uh, other, you know, melanated black, you know, African-American, African people, Look at the world that they create to ensure that they're not just white people in the community. Like this country could constantly brings in immigrants while complaining about those same immigrants to 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 wash itself of its own sins. Like that's literally how. Like oh, we we did the last group of immigrants wrong. So what we're gonna do is um, fuck them. Um, bring some new immigrants <laughs> in. Let's see if we do better. Right. And then forget about them. Uh, thought, oh yeah, we forgot about the them. <laughs> We did it wrong. Right. right. And, that, that, and like I said, it's 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 a I was writing a, a a poem the other night and I was like, you know, it's it's really to a point where um I think I think it should be I mean, you get there's there's definitely um uh a skin tone reality, but when we say white it's really a mindset. It's yeah. really a, 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 a fuck you only what I care about mindset um, and only what's best for me and uh, people like me. Um, but, and that could be a black person with that same mindset. It's um, a psych- right. Right. And it's like a, um, it's uh when it, when it really comes to just the idea that, you know, people see what's going on and every day is like, y'all, when you, you know, when you really look at it, People is getting fucked over every day, every which way, and there's people, it's all kinds of people that's happening to. So, like, how do y'all even get to a place where you feel like you? It's almost like you, you so in your bubble that you feel like you it, you don't it don't count for you, you know? Until it's like, well, um, these people were protesting, and uh, we pretty much came down. And over aggressively rape, uh, not raped, arrested, um, all of them, like slamming people down, all of that. And you, it don't matter if you was white, black, whatever. Like you getting treated like you committed a crime, you know, just for doing practicing your, you know, supposed rights, the freedom of speech. And it's like, how do you get so removed from? Like you can see that happen. You can see, you know, like I said, people getting shot live on CNN, and you still not really convinced. That you know, the fuckery is is real and is 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 really on your porch and you don't even know it and you don't even think so because it's right. kind of and not not understanding the reality that it's on your porch as a like you you intimidate it because it's on your porch so you right. kind of chilling because you're not even really worried about it you're like well you just this is on my porch and I'm not going well, outside anyway so it don't matter. Well, a good example of what you're speaking to, uh, I watched the movie Gangs of New York again recently, and I remember in the gang that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character uh, is a part of, there's a black man who, who, throughout the movie, he's incurring racism within his gang, but 
he survives because his gang has accepted him to do their petty thievery and they share um, their booty. But one thing that happened whenever the uh, racial riot, race riot that um, these white immigrants were trying to um, begin to burn up the wealthy parts of New York, uh, one thing they showed is like all of a sudden they turned on him and like, oh, you, it's your fault because you, you want a few black people here, so you're part of the problem too and, and end up you know, lynching him. So what ends up happening a lot of times what you're speaking to is um, you're part of the gang who rounds people up and surveillance and, and, and yeah, drive through the neighborhoods and stop and frisk and all that stuff. All that stuff sounds good when it's not your neighborhood that you live in, that you're now in that subdivision that you went to college for. It always sounds good, but it's going to come to your door, as Corey Holcomb says all the time, because we're in a time period where if it wasn't real for you then, it will be real for you now. And that's, that's right. for everything. Just when you think, well, you know what? I don't think that's the case. I'm going to give one more. Tomorrow, whatever that that bar was, it will be pushed. It will be broken through to see, okay, how about now? Right. And it's crazy, too. Like, the supposed last American tragedy happened at a country music concert. Like, Say it again? that's the widest thing. I said the last American tragedy happened at a country music Constant. Uh-huh. Like that's one of the widest things ever. That's supposed to be a safe place. And one that is white culture, and we know that police are going to show up and show up if necessary to protect their asset as far as the show itself and the patrons that go. And one thing that you did not hear as a result of that of that great tragedy is is this music associated with violence? One reason right. why I was kind of freaked out even from the situation is not only should it be a super safe place because according to y'all, whiteness is safe. Um, these are also the gun totinous, you know, people in the United States. Right. So it, it was just, I mean, th- th- there's still no, um, still no disrespect to what actually happened there, but it's still interesting the response to it because had let this been a Jay-Z concert, Oh, God, been, yeah. like, little Yachty concert. Let the whole been narrative would have been different. Migos concert. Whole narrative would have been different, and a picture of the the picture of the shooter would have been dark. I mean, it was pretty dark, but they would have darkened it as much as they can. They would have probably oh, man, in, in in middle school he had uh, stolen on his best friend for you know taking his pencil. Huh? And then we could even go to the current example of the man who shot up the church in Texas versus the alleged serial killer in Tampa, Florida, and how that narrative right. sounds different, looks different. Right. And we know this, people. We think, you, we, we think we caught the serial killer on this one, and I still feel like um, show all the videos that you have available so we can know, we can know you got the right person. Right. Because we know how y'all do. Y'all, y'all, y'all will look, y'all probably shook down every black man in Tampa Bay, Florida, in Tampa, Florida, found one who we could we could construct a a narrative that makes it seem like because once we got somebody, we got somebody, and we always know it feels better if we, if we get a black man. It feels believable, right? It's, it's like you said, that's the age old trick from Rosewood. Oh man, even seeing <laughs> bro, even seeing on the news people dress up as black people to rob banks, or people make sure they're dressed in hoodies and things that you associate with uh, young black male culture to make to commit their crimes. So it's like. We don't even assume any of these, any criminality of women, assume criminality yeah. of any other culture. 
So every time when you watch the so-called news, it's always this kind of idea of, well, we know this is a black man we're looking for. Right. Right. And it definitely gets way, way, way out of hand um, because it's a, it is a sad, like you said, in some of these cities, uh, oh, baby upset. Um, uh, in some of these cities, like you said, they lock it down and everybody getting checked. Like, you better not be in the streets. Um, or we're gonna make it super inconvenient and we, you, we're gonna make you feel like you did something, even if you did. Um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Um, and like I said, especially now where it's like, um, it's just more at stake, man. It's, it's just a lot, it's just a lot going on. Like, we don't, we, our political system is a mess and we still don't know what's going on with that. Um, right. It's just, it's just a, a constant threat of a war. Um, still, you know, Flint water still fucked up from what I understand. Like, people it's just a lot. <laughs> yeah, in, in general, in America, um, people still dying at the hands of the police and at the hands of poverty and drug addiction. And they're trying to act like this whole heroin epidemic is like the bees and it's the thing to pay attention to. But just, America just drugged that all away. And like, uh, he said, Trick Daddy, he say, Trick Daddy say, uh, these kids high on this fake loud and that that took me out too because uh, it was just like he right <laughs> like the kids just like super on the pills and lean and it's just it's just a the, the, the state of society is a, in a, a current emergency like it's a it's a state of emergency it's like we calm about it we living in this state of emergency absolutely but I mean as always, like, first of all, you know, you're talking about us being druggies. That's not the first time in U.S. history that we've been there. If you ask anybody right. um, from China in the, in the op- you know, opium wars, they'll tell you that we've been the drug addicts and to go on a, on a war path to get the drugs. Um, right. But what became fascinating to me, and I, I tweeted about it the other day, which was like, if you really think about it, like, you get more time for drug, like, marijuana right now than you get for opioid right now, like an opium right now. And opium is literally legal throughout the country. So heroin, right. things like heroin, are legal throughout the country, but we are slow to, to introduce other things because of profitability. So we, if right. you want to be honest, we've allowed big farm companies to sell heroin at your local mom-and-pop drugstore, at the CVS, at the Walgreens, at the uh, Revco. Is that Revco still around? Anyway, but we've allowed them <laughs> to, to, to sell anywhere but we still kicking in people's houses for for less. Right. Right. And we giving them we 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 throwing them uh prescriptions out like it ain't nothing like oh just take that. Just take that. Just take that. Because because these, it almost, you have to ask yourself do they want people to be addicts to give them to the medicine to make them feel better? Not. Right. <laughs> Which is but then and then with the knowledge of the medicine that we give them to make them feel better is addictive a little bit too, so they're gonna yeah, be kind of that. Because as I was watching a documentary about it, um, the the to offset the effects of, of of the of the heroin, meth, and things like that, they use things like methadone and suboxone. But it seems like something they have to be on for for perpetuity. It's something they have to stay on for the rest of their lives after being an addict on something. So basically, addicted to something else that doesn't have the same effect. It, just, it doesn't have right. the same high operate 
all the time while still having getting that edge off. You know, you see what I'm saying? It's kind of like right. instead of alcoholic, um, stopping from drinking, learn to survive and abstain from drinking, and maybe one day become a social drinker, but maybe not. Instead, what we do is we give him this, give him or her, um, this liquor-like substance that instead of being drunk all the time, you'll get the buzz off, but you'll be able to function yeah. and drive the bus and teach school and um, be a social worker and be the CEO of the company. You see what I'm saying? Like we have to, we have a funny a, a, a engagement with drugs and alcohol in this country that's a part of the, of the damn near the Constitution. Like. Yeah. The first, the first rebellion, uh, according to U.S. history, that they write down is a whiskey rebellion that George Washington goes and puts down because he was a whiskey farmer. Man, and of course we, we, we definitely drugged out, and the ones that drink, they don't think they drugged out, and the ones that don't drink, that they be on the coffee and fast food, they don't think they drugged out either, and they might be the worst drugged out, the caffeine and the uh, fast food. And I mean, hell, I'm with them. I can't even talk like I'm separate from them. Um, I, I just, uh, I, you know. I'm gonna tell you who the worst drugged out. They yeah. they on a different drug that people do ever imagine. But from my vantage point, the worst drugged out are the people who need need the bodies of others to to survive. And I mean that in any way. Those people who need transplants to survive and continue their elitism. The people who mm-hmm. um, need need uh, bodies as food. Now this this going to the reality of like um, cannibalism and eroticism and things like that. Like need bodies to for for their sexual um, deviance. That even to a point where this people this person will not live beyond this, whether it be in a live in a normal sense once they're done, or live at all because you know asphyxiation and other things like that are part of the sexual deviance hood. So I really right. thinking about I feel like this the people who. Um, literally feast on the bodies and souls of others uh, are addicted to the, to the drug that we got to, we don't, we got to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess to the new, the, the, the new one that's not so new is the attention because everybody is selected for the attention for them likes and uh, that, that uh, affirmation that your opinion is the opinion and you're right. And you're a good person. And, you know, if I post about this and that means that I'm this and, um, it's kind of disgusting. I was talking to a student about a high school student about dating and how I don't envy her generation because um, there's no face to face or there's less face to face. And then um, the, a person can present so much confidence and so much wisdom on social media, but you meet them and they ain't shit, you know? Right. So it's like, you know, it's harder to sift through because if you had to approach them and talk to them in two seconds, you'll realize that they ain't shit. Or at least they right. have to be weary enough to lie and put on the front, um, which shows some level of intelligence. So it's like um, it's getting to a point where, you know, I, I don't envy the fact that people can really or even if even if you take it, leave it to the, the, the uh, just the physical attractiveness, like between the lighting and the angles. You know, you might not never see a girl before and then you meet her in person and be like, dang, you don't look nothing like that. But it's her. And she didn't even learn, she didn't even overdo the makeup or nothing. It's just she know how to put that camera up and you know look and get that angle. And it's like she she literally got her good side. But you mad about it. But again, if you seen her in person and had to approach her, you would have knew that. So uh, I was just telling her I, I definitely don't envy that that level of 
just weirdness and what what social media has done for communication as a whole. Um, it's out of control. Right. Um, but with that, uh, I want to go into the last word. Um, as always, things are crazy, and it's hard to stay aware because m- news and world events are just like the hip-hop industry right now and the music industry where it's just some, again, something else every day, so much information, so many wars, so many... It's just a lot of shit. Um, so just try to pay attention to what's going on and what's not going on, what's real and what's fake, and these celebrities and their lives and their fake lives and their real lives. And, I don't know. Just do you be happy and try your best to... Stay sober. All right. Well, I, I'll pick up the reel on this one. Um, I'm going to try to keep it positive as I can, but in the midst of all this, man, um, appreciate the ways in which the world shows you who you are um, in the positive ways. Uh, we're, we're now in the time period where um, a lot of things are going to be thrown at you to, to even question um, the past or the present situation that you're in. Um especially with things we discussed in this show, making you hope that, that, that things were different. Um, but understand that your path has always been your path and, and understanding that the things that have been shown to you have been for you. So make sure you're consuming the things that are good for you and discarding the things that are not. Word, word. And with that, um, I'd like to thank y'all for joining us for another version of King Vision. Peace. Peace.